pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. A problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. 24 hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401 732 6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating. Proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It is Thursday. It is February 3rd, and there are new poll numbers out, new poll numbers out. Haven't seen these in quite some time. Uh, I want to give credit to uh, our friend Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe was the first one to uh, put them out. But it's uh, pretty insightful as far as the approval ratings now <clears throat> in Rhode Island both governor mckee and president biden now before i mention that by the way i also want to mention this boston.com they have a poll out regarding parents feeling on should children be wearing masks in school and in massachusetts 90 percent of parents are against it now there's this bogus poll out there that the progressives put together that they say 80% of Rhode Island parents want the children to wear masks in school. Folks, it's false. It was false the way they framed it. It's false the way the results came out. The whole thing is false. So I don't believe that 90, 80% of parents in Rhode Island want the kids in masks. It's all how you ask the question. There was the way my understanding is the way they phrased it was if you don't have your child in a mask, then they could end up being severely ill. So therefore, do you want your child to be severely ill or you don't want to wear a mask? I mean, it's ridiculous. But let's get to these polling numbers, starting with president now. So I'm seeing where Biden is now. I want to backtrack a little bit to his first year. And you can tell in Rhode Island, according to this poll, President Trump, that certainly at different times uh, was not the most popular president in our area, but according to this, they had President Trump around 25% approval rating his finally December of 2020. And then you go through last year. So they have that Biden, in fact, last February, a year ago, President Biden had a 54% approval rating. In April, it went up to 57% approval rating. In June, President Biden had a 60% approval rating in Rhode Island. Now, here comes COVID. September 51%, November 46%, January 35% approval rating. Now, let's look at Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. Well, again, it's this January, but let's backtrack just a little bit now. Let's go back to Governor Amundo's final poll number for her, February of last year. Governor Raimondo had a 40% approval rating. And just to give you an idea of during the pandemic, at one point in 2020, no, excuse me, in April of 2020, Gina Raimondo had a 74% approval rating. People really liked the approach she was taking. Plus, she was on television every day. In May, it was 72%. Then it starts to go down a little bit. 65, 60. In July, at her peak, she had a 71% approval rating. So... Then, you know, she she then leaves the state. She starts to go down. Remember, she had the, the mask controversy. Governor Mundo did. 
and she had a 53%. So last February, she leaves the state. Her last thing is a 40% approval rating. Now, Governor McKee takes over last March. So he's almost been in office a year. His first poll, 50%. Look at that. Boom. Out of the box. Congratulations. 10 points higher than Governor Raimondo. In June, Governor McKee, boom. 60% approval rating. 20% points higher than Raimondo in February. And even 10-point jump uh, from April to June. Now, September back to school and... Things starting to fall apart a little bit. He had the controversy with Tony Silva in uh, August. And then in September is when he then started to have some of this other contract controversy and some other controversies. September, Governor McKee goes from a 60% approval rating to a 51, 52% approval rating. Still strong, right? November, he goes to 51%. So holds firm goes off on the two-week vacation ready for this january now rhode island governor dan mckee 34 percent approval rating lowest lowest approval rating of any governor in new england so as far as now president biden has totally collapsed he was 46 percent now down to 35 biden was at 60 percent think of that He's down to 35. Now in CD2, Congressional District 2 with Langevin, it's even it's even lower for Biden. And it's lower for McKee, as a matter of fact. When it comes to New England, Governor of Vermont, 52% approval rating. Connecticut, 50% approval rating. Massachusetts, 49%. New Hampshire, 41%. Maine, 41%. And Governor McKee, 34 percent folks 30 yeah 34 percent approval rating folks the, the the bottom line here is you know people do pay attention and now granted you know this poll is based on handling of covid but that's really what they're in the news about and if you have all these lockdowns i mean for president biden who won rhode island pretty handily 15 points he's down to 35 percent biden is 30 percent in cd2 what does that mean that means a, a republican should be able to win that seat the langevin seat cicilline is congressional district one langevin is congressional district two but when you think of biden president biden from just the amount it has his numbers have gone down and again what makes it more difficult for a democrat or in this case someone like a, a dan mckee is they're going to try to be defending Biden. A big problem right now, <clears throat> I'm not going to tell anything you don't know. It's hard to believe in this environment, February 3rd, the Republican Party does not have a candidate for governor. That is a failure. I'm sorry. And I know the leadership. It's a failure of leadership. That's your job. That is your job to recruit and find a candidate. Period. You can't just say, put a sign outside and say, open doesn't it's not the way it goes they have failed to come up with a candidate but you you think of president biden i mean he had a 60 percent approval rating in rhode island in june it's now down to 35 percent. i mean he he's down you you don't just make that up that quickly when you go down like that it's really tough to get up now governor mckee his high point was also june right things were opening everyone was in a good mood uh, the mood has shifted now, and now you also have people say, okay, well, now when when the pandemic, when as, as COVID starts to tame down again, uh, the numbers will go back up. Not so fast. Now you also have inflation. There's other things that people are upset about. A lot of business people still upset about the lack of workers in the workforce. So, but Governor McKee, now you also have to look at if you're Seth Magaziner, how how did you bail out of the race for governor? I mean, the guy is completely beatable in a primary. He's at 34%. You know, if you're that business person, Helena Folks, Helena Bonanno Folks, who used to run CVS, uh, you know, she opted to stay in the race for governor. Seth Magaziner said, all right, I'll run for Congress. Um, the Republicans are going to win. There's no guarantee he's going to win that seat, by the way. Even if he did, you're the backbench behind Cicilline. 
that this will prove to be, I believe, I mean, we'll see, but I, I don't, I'm not even convinced he's going to, even if we won the primary, uh, it's, it's the mood, you know, he can't control the mood of the country. So now where they, these, they also benefit is remember we have a, our primary, the Rhode Island primary is not till September. Most states it's in June. If it was in June, Governor McKee would really have problems. But, and now he has new controversies. Governor McKee on, and on this, I mean, this, on this Thursday, February 3rd, the guy is sitting there with a 34% approval rating in the state. Um, and, and in CD2, parts of the state, it's, it's below 30%. So he's very beatable. What's the missing ingredient? A Republican candidate. Uh, it's just it's it's unimaginable that the Rhode Island Republican Party could not come up with a candidate. All you have to do, really, if you had a Republican candidate attacking and going after Governor McKee about masking in schools, they would have a 50 percent. They would have a higher approval rating than he would. But what's missing? No Republican candidate, which means no. And by the way, that's that's like in the Democrat Party. If you want to be a Democrat, you have to be in favor of masks all the time. That's that is just the way the party operates. So but 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 Governor McKee can't also escape the Biden shadow. So if you're Governor McKee and you say, hey, good news, I, I think we can get up, go to up 10 points. You're, you're still at 44 percent, well below 50. And in CD2, you're still under 40 percent. As far as President Biden, his numbers could even go lower. Governor McKee's numbers are lower than President Biden. Now, that's very, very telling. That also shows, you know, the controversy with Dr. Scott. Now, the Dr. Scott controversy is not going away. Okay, so he decided he's going to give her 46000 a month for the month of March, 46000 for the month of April, 46000 for the month of May. That story's not going away. We deserve to know, all right, what did Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott what did she do to earn 46,000 the month of March? What did she do to earn 46,000 the month of April? What did she do to earn 46,000 the month of May? And by the way, where's her credibility? When she resigned and left, some of her people were saying, oh, she's going to Washington to replace Fauci, as if anyone believes that. Then she said, I may run for Congress. And Governor McKee said, well, she had this big window of opportunity. That's what she said, a window of opportunity. Well, what happened? So, so far, nothing. So far, she's just going to be hanging around wondering if the Department of Health is going to call her and collecting her 46000 a month. Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, because of Governor McKee, is going to grab grand for three months of basically doing nothing. This is a joke. Folks, this is also one of the problems. There's so much money floating around. It's ridiculous. They shouldn't be allowed to have this kind of money floating around. And there were no tax cuts. If you had a Republican running for governor... They could say there should be tax cuts. They could say no masks in schools. They could say, you know, enough of these panhandlers and homeless ruining the state, destroying things. Enough of the way, you know, Alorza's allowed, been allowed to destroy downtown Providence. How about some public safety? How about getting rid of those stupid speed bumps? How about no more ATVs? How about not allowing career criminals to roam the streets? There's a lot there. But what is missing is a Republican candidate. See, that's the sad part about it. If you had a Republican candidate for Governor Strongman, talk about an opportunity. Governor McKee is at 34 percent approval rating and you have a very unpopular president with Biden who's right with him, right around the same thing. Biden's getting closer to 30 percent approval rating. Folks, the, the, this this makes a huge difference and now it becomes can he can he climb out of it i'm i i am not convinced he can especially as much as he's tying everything now to that sabina matos the lieutenant governor there's some questions with that there's some questions with her she has some conflicts that she has not disclosed that she needs to disclose and that will be disclosed whether she likes it or not she needs to disclose certain relationships he, she has with people in government maybe certain agreements you're talking about a lieutenant governor lieutenant governor sabina matos she when she was on the providence city council it's hard to believe she was the head of the providence city council but she was she was in favor of defunding the police that's a fact 
So you have Governor McKee and Sabina Matos are the defund the police ticket. Again, no one in the Democrat Party is going to go after them on that. Who would who should be going after them? You already know the answer. A Republican candidate for governor, of which right now there is none, which is mind blowing to me. How do you not have one? How do you not have one? The issues are taking care of themselves. People are upset with the public schools. People are upset with masking of children in schools. Quality of life. Rhode Islanders are under attack. Enough of all these giveaways. Our healthcare system is third world. National Guard deployed all the different hospitals. President Biden, Rhode Island is the only state that President Biden had to send in emergency disaster medical relief. That falls on Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott. That falls on Governor McKee. If Governor McKee wanted to, he should have fired Dr. Scott. We could have rallied around that. Based on the COVID numbers and the situation with our hospitals, she deserved to be fired. If she wouldn't resign, then fire her. But you don't pay her that kind of money. You don't pay her 46000 a month and then try to come up with this whole ruse of, oh, she's a consultant. No, she's not. Who wants her advice? What? What's the CDC for? We have Dr. Jar. We have Dr. Rainey. What do we need her for? She's the person to put it in it, put this, put us in the situation. When the Detroit Lions fire their coach, do they then ask him to stay on as a consultant? What a joke. But the real answer here is people are paying attention. All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery residential and commercial it's henry oil give them a call since 1947 you can depend on henry oil call them today make henry oil your oil provider 401-521-0200 521-0200 remember online at henryoil.com go with the original go with the best it's henry oil folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 and we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it's time for our legal segment joining me right now he is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, and his attorney, Tim Dodd. And, Tim, I'd like to start off with this uh, very explosive lawsuit. He at one time was a coach with the Patriots. Then he was also a uh, recently, most recently, fired as coach of the Miami Dolphins. Brian uh, Flores is, um, is so- certainly not uh, lying down and really struck out with a, a very dramatic lawsuit that was leveled yesterday against the league and all the different teams. Yes, it's um, I, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise that um, he would take this action at this time. He has sued the NFL. He has sued, I think, the Broncos, the Giants and yep. maybe the maybe the Jets. But I don't know why anyone would want to go to the Jets, but that's a different story. Um, In terms of Brian Flores, as you say, he's been an assistant coach. He's been with the Patriots. He's been with other teams. Um, Most recently, he's been the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Um, He, over, I think, leave a two-year period or whatever his period is in the NFL coaching, he's got a 24-25 and record. So he's batting about 500 and he's complaining that the NFL and the teams are essentially racist in passing over qualified minority applicants for head coach positions, um, general management positions, and probably even some assistant coaching positions. The, The trick with this guy, Brian Flores, and other folks who might feel they've complained is the NFL has this thing called the Rooney Rule, yep. which obligates a team, obligates the ownership, 
to um, interview minority candidates for a position, a senior position, like a head coach, like a general manager. So let's take a hypothetical um, that I own a team and suddenly Bill Belichick becomes available. And I say, holy cow, I'm going to get that guy to be my coach. Well, apparently under NFL rules, I just can't go hire Bill Belichick and be done with it. I've got to go through the um, obligation set forth in the Rooney rule, which says you must, not that you may, that you must interview minority applicants. So I guess I've got to go through the exercise of interviewing folks who might be interested who are of minority of one sort or another, um, knowing I'm not going to give them the job in all likelihood because I want Belichick. Right. Uh, maybe in the interview process, I might be so blown away by one of the applicants that I rethink my position. And I guess that's in part the reason for the Rooney rule, because you must look at applicants who you might not otherwise have considered. Right. So in that process, maybe I'll find somebody and say, man, this guy is a better fit for my team. Um, and I'm not going to hire Belichick. But if I know that's who I want, I've got to go through this charade almost of interviewing people that I know I'm not going to give the job to. Right. So <clears throat> a guy like Brian Flores says, well, I applied for the head coaching position with the Denver Broncos and I didn't get the job. And when I had my interview, I met with um, John Elway yeah. and he seemed completely disinterested. I think he was hungover. I think he was going through the motions. Well, those motions, like it or not, are set up by the rules of the NFL. Right. So uh, what are you to do if you're an owner? You must interview people who you may not have a, a high priority to, to hire them. Um, and this guy is claiming that he's being overlooked uh, based upon his race. These are tough cases because yeah. we're going to have to look and parse through the qualifications of each applicant. And it's not just their win-loss record. There's a lot of subjective things that go into it. Right. How, how does this person handle players? How does this person handle upper management? The media. Um, the media. Yeah. There's so Agents. many intangibles. Yes. Now, um, Flores also says that he was doomed um, as a as the head coach of the Dolphins because two things allegedly the ownership of the Dolphins wanted him to meet in a setup meeting which yeah. shouldn't have occurred so that he could chat up a a prominent quarterback right whoever that might be can wow. we guess <laughs> <laughs> so. He says, I'm not doing that. That's unethical. That's against the rules. I'm not doing it. So in his mind, that now puts him in the doghouse with um, the Dolphins' upper management or ownership. Secondly, ownership allegedly says to this coach, Brian Flores, look, tank some of the, tank some of the games. We yeah. want to have a better lottery position. Right. So tank some games. Wow. I think a hundred thousand a game you take. And and Lose. this guy oh. this guy said no. Right. And I'm sure that he's also looking at okay, so he grabs a hundred thousand to lose a few games. That's not a lot of money versus what a head coach makes. Right. And these guys are all looking to spiff up their credentials. Yep. They're all competing for very lucrative, but very few and far between jobs. And I'm sure he'd rather be going into the market, trying to get a new job with a 24 and 25 record instead of a 19 and like 31 record. Right. So he's got a selfish interest to not do that for short money. I mean, 100K is a lot to me. It's a lot to you. But for head coaches making several million dollars a year, it's no right. great shakes yep. to, to destroy your reputation, to destroy your record. Right. And to have that taint. Oh, this is the guy who tanked all these games to get a right. better lottery position. He's almost, you know, not like the people think about the, uh, the Patriots being 
always on the edge in terms of yeah. what's legit and what's cheating. He doesn't want right. to have that rep. So mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a very hard time. However, he is getting a ton of, ton of media attention and there will probably be some accommodation made for either him or some rule change uh, regarding this Rooney rule, which this seems to set up this exact situation. Um, you know, Flores also says, well, wait a minute, there's only one black head coach in this 32 teams. Um, but 70% of the players are black. Well, those are two correct statistics, but it's a dangerous thing for anyone to start analogizing what they have a right to or what they should expect to get if you want to play with statistics like that. It's, it's, cool. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game or a strategy that can really bite you back when you start looking at um, different parameters of percentages, et cetera. I, I think it's not a wise place for him to be going to say that since, what, 70% of players are black, there should be more um, minorities in head coach positions and upper management. Well, you want to get the best people you can, presumably. Um, and if uh, the best applicant is a, a minority who's applying for the head coach, I would presume a team would be crazy not to hire that person. Right. So I don't Don, know where he goes. What about, what about the aspect that, and again, folks, speak with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. What about the aspect he included the Belichick, Texas, where apparently Belichick is texting the wrong Brian. He's got a Brian Dawball, who was a coach with the Patriots and was recently just hired as the coach of the Giants. Uh, and then you have, um, you know, Brian Flores and the two of them are apparently interviewing for the Giants job. And then Belichick, through his text, seems to indicate that he's under the understanding that they've already gotten their person so then when Brian Flores goes to New York and has dinner with the Giants, he feels it's totally just to check the box because, you know, that they've already had made their decision. But it's a box that ownership is forced to check. Right. That's the thing that is a little bit perplexing. I think mm. this money rule needs a real overhaul. And yeah. now they've included this Belichick material in the uh, lawsuit. The question will be, what did Belichick know and how did he know it? Right. Let's assume the rumor was that this other guy was going to get the job and he had heard it from 10 people. Oh, I think that job's going to go to the other Brian. Right. And he thinks he's texting the other Brian saying, hey, congratulations, I hear you got the job. Well, is he confirming what he's heard as rumor and scuttlebutt or did he have a direct conversation with the owner of the Giants Right. You know, so it doesn't prove or disprove in my mind anything about um, what Flores thinks is happening to him mm. and being overlooked. Yeah. I, I, I think he's going to have a very hard time on the facts. Um, will the NFL do something? Because this is certainly um, not putting the league and these various teams in a very good light. Um, people believe they read that's the first impression they're going to get, but five people apply to coach. Yeah. Flora says, I should have been hired. Mm. The other four people say, well, no, I think I should have been hired. Each one of them thinks they're the best person for the job. Ownership has to pick one. Four people don't get that job, and they all think they should have got that job. And I think ownership, if called into a deposition, would say, well, we had these five guys, and here's why we picked this one, and here's why we didn't pick these guys. And I'm sure they're not going to say, I didn't pick Flores because he's a minority. That's never going to happen. Right. And I'm sure that's not part of the calculus. It seems no. to me that you know, owners have no problem um, signing players, apparently 70% of whom are black. That doesn't seem to be a problem. So I don't think the league is demonstrating – um, at that level, that there's any racism, they want the best players and they want right. the best coaches. Yep, and it is Tim, Tim Dodd, the the life of an NFL coach. It, you know, yeah, you get a Belichick, but more often than not, the coaches don't. You know, you get a few couple, you get a chance, a few losing seasons, but then, boom, they're out of there. 
Um, How many guys it, got here? Five or six? Yes. I mean, they were getting they were getting knocked there were off. Six openings. That's right. Yeah. And they jump around a little bit. So that's that's going to be tough. He's certainly doing a lot of publicity. Maybe wants some kind of settlement. It is a uh, civil suit. So, folks, quick break. A lot more attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I wanted to uh, follow up. Channel 12 has done a very good job on this contract, this company, ILO, that formed. They were uh, friends and they had worked on some projects, I guess, in education with Governor McKee. Uh, the governor was insisting there's a, I, there is an attorney general investigation because of how this group that formed, I think two days after Governor McKee got into office, but um, ended up with, I think it was a five or six million dollar contract. Channel 12, through public access records after a request, they were able to obtain some more emails. And um, boy, it, it, it sure seems based on the emails that were sent that Governor McKee was not only maybe kept abreast of what's going on, he's even in the emails, even saying, like, how many millions are we talking about? Um, I, I would just say I think this latest shoot-a-drop revelation, it, it, it doesn't bode well for that the process was followed and they didn't – it sure sat, seems like they were given an unfair advantage. Unless the governor can do some really fancy explaining, it yeah. really does look like this was um, not a competitive process, that the, the fix was in for this ILO to get this contract, you know – it. There's a different level of scrutiny from the public and from the media when you're the governor versus when you're the mayor of a small town or when you're a lieutenant governor and you really can't do a whole heck of a lot one way or another. Now he's the governor. Now he's got this issue with his former chief of staff. Now he's got this ILO thing. Um, you got to be, I think, much more careful when you're the governor and you can't get away with things or assume that no one's going to check out what's happening. Um, This ILO group looked bad a couple of few weeks ago when we talked about it. Now it seems that um, one of McKee's confidants, Mike McGee, different spelling, um, was the head of this um, uh, not-for-profit company and one of the people working there was a um, woman named Julia Rafal Bayer. Yeah. And she cooked this whole ILO thing up, apparently, based upon what we see from these most recent disclosures. She speaks with this guy, Mike McGee, about how this corporation would be set up. And um, McGee knows this Julia and other people who are on her team, all of whom were previous employees of this Mike McGee. And the specs for this job, the scope of the work, what would be included in the bid, it's like they were back and forth making sure that the specs were tailor-made so that ILO was going to be the winner. And the McKee administration was telling the legislature that um, they were not aware of any competitive advantage that this ILO group would have. So clearly that's not true. So if you're in the legislature and you were listening to the the proposal for this ILO group, um, 
and now you're learning more facts, I, I would be pretty um, outraged if I had been listening to what appears to have been misrepresentations by the administration. Mm. Certainly, we're not done with this um, no. situation, but as more and more facts come out, uh, the position that the administration has taken uh, early on seems to be unraveling, and yeah. it's certainly not good news for the governor. Um, no. He's whether this is other direction. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to have to explain, um, he's going to be backfilling. Um, it, it's just not where you want to be, um, during an election year explaining, trying to explain away this situation. And he's in there saying the governor is in there saying how many millions is this kind of cost? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, he's right in the thick of it. He is. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, we mention uh, Dan Doyle from time to time. To me, you know, they, they mention in this, his latest saga that he's, I think, working with inmates or teaching them. I think Dan Doyle should teach a course to anyone who's thinking of not taking the plea deal and instead going to court and trying their luck should talk to Dan Doyle because what seemingly, uh, you know, from what we initially heard, if he'd taken the plea deal, as we've talked about, he'd already be out of prison. And, uh, and now it pops up that he's, because of COVID and various reasons, still trying to get out of there, of doing his time. And it, it doesn't sound that it's it's been successful. No, it's not going to be successful. I mean, yeah. yes, the court should be entitled rolling the dice. He rolled the dice. Oh. Like no one ever has rolled the dice. Um, he went to trial. I believe he got seven years to serve. Um, he's applied for parole. That's been rejected. The attorney general's office shows up when he sh- uh, applies for parole to speak against him getting mm-hmm. out. He's applied for a compassionate release from prison before the trial judge, Judge Thunberg, on the ground. Number one, his age and other related health conditions. And number two, his susceptibility to really get sick if he should get COVID, which is apparently still rampant in the prison. Uh, the attorney general uh, showed up to oppo- obviously they were opposing um, his motion for compassionate release, and they really stuck it to Doyle. They yeah. reminded the judge that when she sentenced him, she, you know, commented on what an intricate criminal enterprise that this guy had set up and the damage that he had caused. Um, the AG made note of the fact that Doyle has never accepted responsibility for this um his crimes or acknowledged his guilt um, regarding these crimes and what really i think uh stuck the knife in fully is for a financial crime of this magnitude and this sophistication um the attorney general who was arguing uh, before the judge analogized dan doyle to monique brady Uh, She was a swindler, as we'll all recall, from East Greenwich. She tried the same um, tactic to get out on a compassionate release out of a federal prison. And in that case, Judge McConnell said, you know, no way. And, you know, so the AG's representative here analogized um, Doyle to that situation, saying she didn't get out. She did some pretty horrific things to screw people financially, as did this guy. And he shouldn't get the uh, compassionate release. Judge Thunberg, who's an ex, she's a very compassionate judge, but mm. she didn't she didn't take the bait with this guy, and she said no way. Tim Dodd, I I had I, I mean I've heard mixed things, but I I heard initially the final final offer they offered him, I, I think it was three and a half years. Then if he had just from day one started playing ball, cooperating, didn't fight them. I mean, at the time, that may have seemed like a lot of time, but three and a half years could have, you know, been knocked down to maybe less than 36 months. And the next thing you know, you're, this whole thing is in your rearview rear mirror. But from what I understand, he was adamant that he wouldn't take the deal. Well, there's probably a certain amount of arrogance and a certain mm-hmm. hubris that goes along yeah. with that decision. But the other thing that happens, and I, I can't quote or cite the person who said it, but like a, a trial is like going to war, and you can plan all you want to. Plan. 
battle starts, your game plan many times goes right out the window. Mm-hmm. In this trial, uh, Doyle, I think, and his team might have been surprised or may not have anticipated or thought they could keep out a lot of the evidence that um, uh, the trial judge allowed to come in. Now, the question will be, his case is in the Supreme Court of Rhode Island. If the Supreme Court agrees that the judge made an error or several errors in allowing evidence in, which was prejudicial to Doyle and should not have come in, that's what Doyle's arguing, you know, he might get a new trial and he might get out while, you know, a new trial is um, scheduled and conducted. Now, if the Supreme Court says, no, the judge did not commit any error, then he'll be stuck again. Right. Um, you don't know how the trial's going to go until the trial goes, until it's finished. In retrospect, obviously, he should have taken the deal. Yeah. Uh, did his legal team give him... Um, their assurances or whatever you'd like to call it, that this evidence that the state wanted to get in would be kept out. Uh, It Mm. seems like they were overwhelmed with the volume of evidence that the state was able to get in, Mm. much of which was damning for this guy. And, um, you know, what he thought the facts were and what the witnesses were and what he was going to be facing at the start of the trial was quite different than what he wound up facing as the trial gr- grinded on. And yeah. at its conclusion, he was toast. Mm-hmm. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health, because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this, this story, it's interesting, not only because I'm so familiar with Bonnet, but for quite some time there's been this dispute about who should be able to vote uh, in the fire district, uh, people that just have a bathhouse at Bonnet and so forth, and it finally made its way into court, and I, I'm anxious to hear your your thoughts and summation on this particular case. Well, it's a very odd case. It's been percolating for quite some time. Uh, the Bonnet Shores Fire District is not an organization that fights fires. It's called the, the Bonnet Fire District. And the folks who live in Bonnet... And traditionally, it's been people who own real estate worth more than 400 bucks. So that takes into account all the houses that are there. And it would take into account all of the cabanas and all those little cubicles at the Bonnet Beach Club. And those people, those those who have traditionally been entitled to vote would vote for, I think it's a board of maybe seven people who collect some local taxes for Bonnet Shores specifically for, you know, things that need to be done for entertainment, for summer activities and things of this nature. Who hasn't been able to vote? And it's still a question. I'm a renter. Can I vote? I'm an owner of real estate, but I live in New York, but it's an investment property. I'm not a resident of Rhode Island. Can I vote? Can, can non-citizens of Rhode Island vote? Can renters yep. vote? Um, the, the judge who heard this determined that the limitations on who could vote was unconstitutional under both the U.S. Constitution and the Rhode Island Constitution. 
Um, the judge still has aspects of this case that she has not yet ruled upon. Um, she has ruled that you can't just limit it to owners of real estate, um, in-state owners of real estate. What happens if, um, let's say, a husband and wife, they're a little bit older, they own the property together, and they have adult children who live at home for whatever reason? Who gets to vote? Right. One head of household, the two owners, also the other people who are residents, but they don't own anything. Um, if I'm a college student um, renting a house with three other people, do we get to vote? It's, it's a very unwieldy thing. Um, there was a lot of briefs filed. The ACLU had briefs filed. There were lots of amicus briefs filed before this trial judge, the Superior Court judge, I should say. Um, who was figuring out who were the legitimate voters. I think the final determination on exactly who can vote is yet to be determined. The, the thinking being now that the judge has at least um, informed the Bonnet Fire District that their procedures are unconstitutional, well, the fire district might take an appeal to the Rhode Supreme Court, or they might just hunker down and modify their rules and bylaws as to who can vote to try to address what the courts already, you know, clearly ruled on. Uh, it's it's a unique little situation. The 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 fire district tried to say, listen, you know, we raise money, we tax to take care of our summer activities. It's not like a constitutional issue of one man, one vote. We're, right. more like, we're more like a condominium association who raises money for our own uses within the condominium association. But the judge found that that taxing authority mm. brought it under the umbrella of the constitution and that what they were doing was clearly um, in violation of constitutional standards. But this case isn't over, and it no. will be interesting to see what the judge does with the balance of the decision she's going to make and whether the Bonnet Fire District will capitulate and change their ways. Folks, again, we're speaking with a legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, finally, this story, this trial on this ex-tribal uh, uh, chairman, um, the casino bribery trial is now set up for April. What, what, what can you tell us about this trial coming up? <laughs> well, it's... It's not the same old story, but it's a no. story we've heard many, many times. Yep. Um, this is happening at the federal court in Boston. Um, the um, former tribal leader of um, this tribe was going to build a casino in or near Boston. And the, um, the leader of the tribe was in negotiations with a um, contractor who would be um, doing the work to build the casino. So the tribal leader allegedly was shaking down the contractor for bribes and kickbacks. Apparently um, the tribal leader got in the neighborhood of $60,000 um, which he spent on himself, buying himself, you know, jewelry and paying his bills and other personal expenses. Um, the contractor, in exchange for kicking back that sixty grand, got a uh, construction contract. His piece of it would be at least five million dollars, but he's been um, brought in as a defendant too. He's been tried. He's conspiring with this guy. He's give, kicking back money. Um, so they're both going on trial uh, as being participants in this kickback scheme. I'm not sure how they're going to get out of it. I'm not sure how good the paper trail is. I'm sure they'll both be testifying against each other, claiming the other's the responsible party. But um, it's a relatively high-profile case because it involves casinos. It involves yeah. the tribe. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen these sorts of kickback. Um, neither of these two has taken a deal. Both are adamant they're going to take it to trial. So we'll have to see what the quality of the state's evidence is. Mm. Folks, again, he is our uh, legal expert. 
Rhode Island, uh, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, Tim Todd. Tim, great job as always. Uh, stay warm with the cold weather, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. You too. Take care. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401 272 3340. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Check out the website, dePietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there. And that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, DePetro.com. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate, 401-688-0517. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Look for them on Facebook. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. In the Brood Awakenings and discover the Brood difference. Two locations in Johnston, also in Cranston, Pontiac Avenue, and then also Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Brood Awakenings. They're local, fresh ingredients, cozy environment. Great comfortable chairs, delicious breakfast sandwiches, lunch, great drinks and coffee, and plenty of room to spread out and meet people. I'll see you, and you'll discover the brood difference at Brood Awakenings. The John DePietro Show brought to you by realtor Pat Elston. Call Pat today, 401-474-5253. There's a link right directly to her on the website, dipietro.com. Caldwell Banker Realty based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Pat services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Contact Pat Elston today, 401-474-5253, and you can find her right on the website, dipetro.com.